Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. All right, you guys, welcome to the Kern River Fly Shop Podcast. I'm your host, Guy Jeans. And this is the guide roundtable for January 10th, I believe, 2022. And I'm here with Rob and Ryan Bueller. What's hey, guys, how boys? you doing? Hi, everybody. So I wanted to talk to you guys about uh, where you've been fishing at and what you've been doing and techniques and all that good stuff. So let's let's start with Excellent. you, Ryan. Yeah. Okay, so mainly I've been fishing with clients on the Kern River. Uh, the 20-mile section has been fishing really good now, especially with... Uh, Right after the snowstorm and the rain, the river came up a little bit. Um, water was really, it's been really clear, good level. And all of a sudden we had some really nice sunny days and the fish have been responding, been active out there. It's been really nice. What flies are you using out there? Oh, mainly nymphs down deep, uh, bright and shiny ones. That dang slim shiny has just been the best fly for me this year, without a <laughs> doubt, and last year. Um, yeah. That and the Bucky Stone's been good. The Frenchies have been good. Um, and I just have not seen anything rising within the last couple of weeks with what, that cold what you, weather. What do you think that water temperature is at right now in the it, upper current? It has been 42 mainly and down yeah. to 42 at times. Okay. Yeah. So it's holding around 42. Yeah. It's been really nice and the fish have That's been awesome. fairly active. Yeah. yeah. They seem to be active definitely at that temperature. And I, oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I went up by the bridge the other day just for, just to check it out. And there's still snow everywhere once you get past the dam. Um, some ice still on the road, so be careful. But it was a lot colder up there. Even yep. though I didn't make it down to the water to measure the temps, but it was just colder out there. But the sun was beating on the water, and it looked really beautiful. Nice. Yeah, like it always does up there. And I've been wanting to go up there just to fish for a few hours midday. No kidding. What about yeah. you, Rob? So, yeah, we've been featuring our, our fishing has been below Fairview Dam, like Ryan said, a little too cold above that. So the middle of the canyon, the water warms up a little bit more midday. And there, I was going to mention there was one day, um, <clears throat> excuse me, last week when I was out with clients and we had a, a 11 to 3 session. And we caught several fish from 11 to 2, then it slowed down a little bit. And right before 3 o'clock, the sun was just dropping below the canyon. And there was a few blue-wing olives coming off, quite large size for this time of year. Normally, we see really, really small ones. Uh, but these were easily 18s, maybe even 16s. And we saw one or two fish rise for those. So it was a kind of a rare occasion, but still every once in a while on uh, those nicer days. Um, uh, small hatches coming off and there's a few fish rising for those. Do you think that it's uh, important for people to get out there at first light? <laughs> a little bit chilly early in the morning. So yeah, wait, wait till um, it starts to warm up just in the air a little bit and that's going to give the water a little bit of a chance to warm up and then head out and, and really um, focus on your fishing midday from 10 to 2 or 10 to 3. 
I get that question a lot, you know, uh, when people are, I, I was out at first light. I mean, just, uh, just today. Yeah. I was out at first light, man. I didn't catch anything until about noon. <laughs> they have no concept and, of yeah. water temps, how yeah. much it plays. And that's a lot of, the, activity. a lot of the folklore in fly fishing is that early morning hatch and, and getting out early, but which is the case in the summertime and certain times of year, but definitely not this time of year. Yeah. The wintertime, definitely middle of the day is the best. Don't yep, you think, yep. guys? It has been for us. Definitely. Um, so are you guys are seeing, you know, active fish? I mean, are they on fire or is it just like uh, kind of sporadic? Or They have of- not been on fire, that's yeah. for sure. And they come in little flurries. We'll be out there, you know, say I'm with clients for a four-hour session, middle of the day. And it'll be where it'll come in like little half-hour spurts. And we'll get like two of those in that time period where all of a sudden we're getting grabs here and there. And then it just kind of quiets. And then I'll get another little flurry and then it quiets. And <laughs> definitely once that sun goes behind the mountain the last couple of days, it's slowed down after that for sure. So a guy came in the shop today and he's all, yeah, man, I've been catching uh, kokanee salmon in the, in the river. And I'm, oh, yeah. I go, do you have a picture of it? And he's all, no, but it's on my website, you know. And I'm like, okay, <laughs> cool, man. I go, how do you know it's a kokanee? And he's all, oh, well, you know, it's just got that red stripe down the middle and I'm like, are you sure that's not a rainbow? And I'm, no, man, it's it's not. It's a kokanee. And he, he didn't know who, who he didn't know who I was. And he's yep. like, guy catches them here all the time. Do I'm you? like, guy doesn't know what he's talking about. <laughs> <laughs> so he showed me a picture, and it was just a big, um, big rainbow. You know, was it a stalker rainbow? It wasn't nice. Okay. Yeah, it was a nice, so, nice size one too. Yeah, they've been planting some big stalked rainbows, yeah. and they. I just saw him dump, you know, the other day, just like a ton right at the park. Oh, sweet. Yeah. Yeah. He's, he caught, it was, it was a nice wild beautiful. fish, pretty good size one. Nice, Gorgeous. nice square tail. It was yeah. beautiful. Awesome. Um, and then, uh, another guy came in and, uh, I won't say where, but somewhere on the lower current, he's been catching some big fish. He showed me a couple of pictures of some 20 inch, uh, rainbows down there, which oh, is kind of cool. It's kind of neat to see. Yeah. Very cool. So, um, that might be an option for. Some of the folks out there yeah. just go check out the lower kern for there sure. There was a customer a couple of weeks ago that caught a huge uh, pike minnow down there too. Yeah, yeah, that, that thing was, was massive. Yep. You guys sent me that picture and I put yeah. it up on the fishing report. Um, water temperatures down there seem to be a little bit warmer. You know, sometimes okay. you know even five degrees warmer down there. That's so, a big difference. Yeah, it could uh, could be a potential nice little winter session down there yeah. if people venture down there. Um, so that's the upper kern and and Rob, you've been over on the. Well, both of you guys have been over on the Owens and been guiding over there. You always want to talk a little bit about yeah, what's going on over there. I was over there and I've gone once myself or twice and Rob's gone out. Uh, we've gone together, but Rob just had a trip recently. I had a trip a few weeks ago and the weather's just been gorgeous over there midday, but cold in the morning, like here and midnight overnight, you know, mm-hmm. um, getting down into the teens some nights. Um, in the twenties regularly, but then midday it warms up and the fish have been getting active midday. Rob was just there, so he can tell you how he did. Was it Saturday? Yeah. Had a a guide trip on Saturday with a father and two sons. And I want to start off, first off, the last two years on the Owens has been fantastic, almost ridiculous with the fishing. This year, it's been a little bit tougher. Um, You got to work a little bit harder to get fish. It seems like the water's just a little bit colder. So even on those nice days, we're working a little harder. Um, we started in the morning, and the bite was a little bit slow on Saturday. Um, but then come 10, 11 o'clock, it really picked up, and all the clients got fish. 
there was a 17-year-old and a, a 10-year-old, and they each got several fish each, so it was awesome. Um, and then the water, then they got cold. So anyone going up there, make sure you bring thermals, <laughs> thick socks. That water is cold. Once you're in there for a couple hours, you start to get real cold, and uh, um, it's it's nice to be prepared. So be prepared for the colder water temps, even when the air temps are real nice. Uh, but the fishing's been a little tougher, and the hatches have been less more sporadic more sporadic and, and less consistent this year so far up to this point so hopefully coming into the end of january and into february we'll get more of those mayfly hatches and more consistency on those hatches you know uh every time i fished up there it just it seems like it's a, almost like a fish in a barrel and when you guys say that sometimes it's slow and stuff you know it, I mean, is that um, a water temperature thing that's going on? Because I, I, I really haven't been up there when it's like, you know, super tough. And uh, I haven't experienced that yet. It's so. pretty much always in the winter, the water's chilly. It's, yeah. it's below 44 is, is warm for that water. Mm-hmm. And it'll be 42. It was 40, maybe even under 40 this yeah. last weekend. Yeah. So a little bit colder. And that was even downstream away from the dam where it was a little bit even colder okay and rob you know he says it was tough but uh that's one, really good for one most of the kids we got nine fish the other kid yeah. got three right okay. dad got a whole bunch okay. bunch of other grabs fish on so that midday period but usually it's pretty much the whole day you can go out there and do that but it's been in it's little periods relative to the fishery I guess. Yeah. and in the morning i went out before i got them or before i picked up the clients and the fish were not nearly as aggressive first thing in the morning. Copy that. So, and, and the one thing I've noticed this year, you've had to have a a better drift. A lot of times, like you mm-hmm. said, the fish in the rail, you can go out yeah. there and throw it out and get any drift. Sure. But true. it's been now you have to get that really quality drift. It's true. Nice. Present it right, and then you'll get your grabs. And if, if you can do that, you'll get you know a decent amount of fish throughout the day. So um, I want to talk about the Slim Shiny. Oh, yeah. Um, Rob's pattern, um, which is a great fly. Um, I was fishing over on the Kings River. I told you guys this yeah. story. I'm going to tell it again. But I was fishing over at the Kings, and I had a, a, a pretty good uh, fish that was sipping, um, and it was pretty uh, technical. You know, the fish was, you know, the water was super clear, so my, I went down in tippet size, of course, you know, and made my leader longer, which I love all that kind of stuff, you know, the technical stuff. And so this fish uh, would come up and look at it and, and say, nope. You know, and I kept changing flies. It was a blast. It was a super fun for me. Anyway, so I, I couldn't catch him. He was, you know, yep. I, I had him a couple times grab, and um, he just he popped off or whatever. So then he'd make his way back around, and I'd start working him again. It was just a, a super fun time. So then I said, screw it. I'm going to put on a, a dry dropper. And so I put on the damn Slim Shiny, and the <laughs> thing oh, ate it immediately. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, man, what a trip. <laughs> Yeah, and it's so ridiculous. I did. I did the same. I was fishing. Uh, I was I was checking out Lake Ming, you know, and um, they had said that they had stocked Lake Ming, you know, down in Bakersfield, you know. Oh. So I just wanted to check it out, and there was a bunch of people fishing, and um, of course they, the fish were sipping um, as well, and they were being pretty selective as well. And it was a blast. And I was trying to catch them on little dries and stuff, and they were looking at it and slashing at it, but I couldn't hook one. Um, the bait guys weren't catching anything, and. So then I put on that uh, another dry dropper with that that damn slim shiny and 
nabbed a couple more on <laughs> they, that. They have. Go, that, go, to, go yeah. to that. Go to fly, man. That's that, great. That thing's great been fly. crazy. It was yeah. great for the wild fish all season long or all year long. And then we had an idea that the hatchery fish or stocked fish were going to eat it pretty aggressively, too. And it's been true. They they smashed that thing as well. So And it's been all over throughout the series. We've been using it. And it's, it's so yeah. productive. Yeah. It's a good and, one. Yeah. Um, and I want to remind everybody this uh, weekend on Saturday, uh, we are holding a Owens River clinic up on the Owens River. And, and Rob is uh, directing that whole thing up there. So we have a couple spots left. So if you guys want to get in on that, you know, go to the website, KernRiverFlyShop.com and, and register for the Owens River Fly Fishing Clinic. Yeah, it's been Rob and I have been fishing up there for so many years now. I don't even know how many. And it's one of our favorite fisheries. One for there's good fishing, but um scenically and there's just something special about that place for us and we'd love you to come out and learn how we'd love to fish that river and um really in just a couple hours will increase your productivity out there tremendously and not only what you'll learn there you'll be able to fish there better but also it'll transfer over anywhere throughout the sierras basically discuss how we approach the river uh the techniques we use um the flies we use the hatches that we match during the different seasons uh casting techniques will all be covered throughout the throughout the seminar and also um uh, uh different fishing techniques streamer yeah. techniques yep. fishing with a bobber talk a little bit about your own nymphing dry fly approach hopefully we'll get a hatch on on the day of the seminar and do a little uh, dry fly fishing as well at, in the afternoon yeah one of the big parts of it will be that newer euro style um, a lot of people are interested to for it, and the Lower Owens is set up perfect for that. Um, so we'll be showing you how to do that and have a bunch of rods set up for it. So if you're interested in that, you know, like the guy said, go to the website, kernriverflyfishing.com. We'd love to have you come out and teach you how to fish the Lower Owens. Real quick, um, so like, let's say there's a hatch going on uh, on the Owens. Are you guys are you guys presenting uh, a downstream presentation to those those sippers, or are you guys going upstream? Very rarely, almost almost always up and across stream. Okay. So slightly up and across stream. There's 45 degree angle a lot of times, like our nymphing too. So we can do one cast and maybe a, a even a little reach mend within that cast, and then just let it drift 15 to 20 feet without having to mend. Um, strip a little bit of line back on the way and then just do a, another cast up into that hot zone again drift 15 or 20 feet through a main area uh, the rare occasion is where we have a large eddy and there's the the seam will be coming at us and they'll be feeding a lot in the seam but then it'll turn around and the eddy will be going the opposite way and the fish will be facing basically downstream right. in the eddy and sure. so that will be a, a situation where we, we will present downstream. the fry to them it's actually going back upstream yeah. but it is a similar it's the same way as a downstream presentation very cool well there you have it you guys will um get to learn about that stuff out there if you guys get in on one of the guys uh one of the brothers uh, clinics for sure um, one of the things I wanted to ask you guys and I've got a bunch of questions here are some of the gear that you guys use and why you guys use it and that sort of thing. Um, and let's start out with rods. Excellent. You know, and, and what kind of rods you guys might use in different situations, you know, maybe on the Kern or, or even on the Owens and, and different techniques possibly. Ryan, why don't you start out with the dry fly rod that we've been preferring lately? 
Lately, one of our favorite rods has been the Reddington Trace. Um, we have it in a four or five weights. We've been using it throughout the whole last year, not only ourselves, but clients. And it just is a really just a charm to cast. It's effortless, it seems like. And we've had so many clients say that, well, they'll be casting another rod. Um, and it could be their own rod or one of the other Reddingtons we have. And I have the Crux, the Reddington Crossover, um, the Vice Robbie uses a lot. And, you know, we like all those, but for that dry fly, that Reddington, Reddington Trace is just wonderful. Cool. You know, and our clients notice it too. They pick it up and they're like, it's, it's amazing nice. how many clients mention from brand new to experienced yep. how well that thing feels in their hands once we set them up with a little dry fly, single dry fly situation or a, a dual dry fly with just light flies. Yep. Yeah, yeah. It's, and it's moderately priced too. It right? really is. It's that yeah. mid range. I like, um, like, think it's right around three. Yeah, 300 bucks. And it's, it's well worth it. It's so easy to cast. Um, fishes cast real close to you. Yeah. So it's nice to cast close and far away. Um, that's the one thing I noticed about it compared to a lot of other rods won't. They either load real close or for far cast. And this one does a real nice in between. It really covers everything. Nice. And for, the, for the Nymphen rods, I've really been preferring the Vice 9'6", specifically the 9'6". The 9'0 doesn't cast the bobbers as well. Uh, the 9'0's more of a a dry dropper rod or just a straight dry fly rod. But the 9.6 Vice is a powerhouse. I love that thing on Crowley rolling over uh, big leaders and nymphs and bobbers on the Kern, the longer uh, roll cast. It's fantastic. Um, so anything where you have a little heavier a rig, heavier setup, deeper setup with the bobber, the Vice 9.6 five weight is awesome. It has that little farther length too for your reach out there. Yeah, and exactly. you can so, have a bobber, a heavyweight, two heavy nymphs, and it really does just flip it out there and roll cast. So it's real fantastic nice. for that high stick and two, stretching yep. your arm out a little bit extra. You got that a little extra reach. Uh, the other one that I also like with the bobber is the field kit. Oh, uh, I forgot trout, about the that. The field kit trout has been, it's kind of a good all around rod, it actually. It really is. I think it's pretty fantastic all the way around. Oh, and, cool. And I, haven't, it, I haven't cast that one yet. Yeah, it's we'll have to bring it in for same, you. It's nice. Same cool. thing. Sends the bobbers on the roll cast, um, rolls everything over, turns it over real well, and then it's good enough for the dry dropper and straight dry fly setup as well. And the one thing we liked about it, it comes with um, the other combo kits come with the crosswater reel and the mid range line. Um, this one comes with the Reddington Run and the Rio Gold line in it for in the kit, so you've, right. which is really nice. Right out the gate, you have that high-end yeah. line that's going to last you a year or two for sure. Nice. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a really good product. And that's the Reddington Field Kit. The Field yep. Kit. And, and it has yeah. it yeah. for saltwater. Bass. Um, bass has trout. one like geared for each one. It's, an, it's a brand new product they, I got out there. they all have the Run reel on it. They do. Yeah, mm. that's a decent reel too. It yeah, is. Good yeah. reel and a decent line. It's a great setup. Let's, um, let's talk about that. What reels have you guys been using? The Reddington Rises are by far our favorite. Mine too. Um, I love the drag system, the the smoothness of everything, the look. It's light. It's light. It balances with those new rods really well. Durable. Oh, yeah. completely. And yeah. I'm Pressure. Not, <laughs> not light on my tackle. So if I can have stuff last, that's a really good quality durability product. Right on. Yeah. What, um, what waders are you guys using? Uh, Reddington HD 
de-zip waders have been uh-huh. pretty awesome. Last two years, yep. um, very, very durable. Uh, they, they're comfortable. I, I can hike around in them and it's like, I'm not wearing them. They fit my physique. Well, I'm six foot. That's a good one. There, 170. Um, and they have them in all kinds of different sizes. So you can get the longs, um, you know, stout, all kinds of different shapes and sizes, uh, fit to your, to your size. Um, but they've been super durable and then they got that zipper in the front, which is a no brainer. Uh, when you got to use the restroom, easy zip down and, and take care of your business. Yeah. yeah, and they're heavy duty. That's the HD stands for heavy duty. And there's like four layers on the legs from oh, right above the knee down. Dude. So it's right where all that wear and tear goes. They got that extra duty layers in there, um, which is great. And then like Rob says, the size, I'm always stuck between a medium and a large. My upper body is a large, my lower, my legs and everything's are a medium. So I get the large short. Yeah. And it has the short legs, but a large up here. Mm-hmm. And then for guys who are a little bigger chested, they have the king size. And you can get the large with the king size. And it has a little bigger room in the chest. And especially if you're fishing in cold weather, where you're putting on a lot of layers. That little extra room is really nice. And yeah. I've got long legs, so i got the large longs. And they yeah. fit me yep. perfect. Yeah. The it's other great. thing about those is they have extra layers in the neoprene booty. So for the cold weather, like the clients were freezing this weekend, I had an extra layer in my neoprene booties, plus I had the better socks as well. Sure. And I was in the river for a couple hours, it wasn't bothering me at all. So that extra little layer in the booties is huge come cold weather season. Yep. You guys find, we'll talk about boots too, you guys find <laughs> that having a boot that's a little bit looser so you can put in your sock that gives a little bit of air circulation, keeps your feet warmer? Oh, by far, that yeah. helps cool. so much. Once your feet are, it's tight, your circulation cuts off and yeah. you can't keep your feet warm at all. And then a longer day, especially if you're hiking a lot, your feet will swell a little bit throughout the day. So you always yep. want to have your boots just a little bit loose when you put them on to start with and then, you know, have a little bit of extra space in there. Nice. What, and, kind of, what kind of boots? Oh, the, by far my favorite boots I've ever had are the Sims Flyweight <laughs> with the Vibram soles and the studs in there. Mm-hmm. Um, they are lightweight and durable. Every time they make a lightweight boot, the durability got compromised. Yeah. And these ones, I've had a pair. It's been a year now. I've been beating them up, guiding and on the river myself, on the water, and they're amazing. And we use them all the time on the four-mile trail in the backcountry. Oh, it's like in- hiking boots. Instead of wearing our hiking boots, throwing the wading boots in the backpack, hiking out three, four miles, and then swapping them out, we just hike in those flyweights all day long, hike all over the place. They keep... St- they last, they're comfortable, they're amazing. I can vouch for those too, I got yeah. those as well. I think they're the awesome. only downfall might be for some guy who has really bad ankles and needs that higher boot cuff. Mm-hmm. But other than that, they're just the best, best boot I've ever, ever had. Yep. What I like about them, you get in and out of them pretty easy. Oh, you sure can. That's, 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 that's yeah. huge. It's just yep. like a regular boot or a regular yeah. uh, high top tennis shoe. Yeah. yeah, it is. And it's durable. It's, it it's is, a, they're a, fabulous. You know what will happen is they'll get they'll put that one and get rid of that one. I know. <laughs> <laughs> Hopefully not. It doesn't look like they're going to get rid of it this year. But they were they're hard to get right now. I'll tell yeah, you that. it is. We've been you trying to to get a couple. Yeah. Um, what kind of uh, sun stuff are you guys using, like sun protection? Oh, it's great. Um, it was a couple of years ago. We were out with Captain Vaughn Podmore, uh-huh. and he had a roll on. Boat Trader is America's largest boating marketplace with over 100,000 boats to choose from. We offer simple, comprehensive solutions for those looking to sell, find, and finance new or used boats. 
Visit BoatTrader.com to get started. This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tecova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovas.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Sunscreen. So it was Neutrogena. I've always used the Neutrogena. It's good on the skin. Doctor recommended or doctor recommended, blah, blah, blah. Uh, It goes up and high in the the protection counts like up to 70 or 75 yeah. you know and then like ryan said we saw it in that roll-on it's amazing made it so much easier to apply where i actually did it more often you know yeah, yeah you just like you just, you just stick it on your face and you're ready to go it's or great on the back of your hands what's instead, it called? instead of that spray it's just that goes everywhere sunscreen. Yeah, that spray crap and look in the sunscreen oh. at like rite aid or any of your drugstore and it'll be in a roll-on and There's, then what i think you know, oh sorry no go ahead what I think a lot of you guys don't know is the sunscreen negatively affects and breaks down our fly lines. Yes. So if you're putting, if you have the cream, you're putting that all over your hands. Or the dang sprays and are the worst. Spray, they get everywhere. You, um, yeah. Wash the palms of your hands before you go back to fishing again if you're using the cream. And that's another reason why this roll-on is so amazing. It doesn't, you, you never get it on the palms yeah. of your hands, yeah. right on your face. Put it right if you want on. to get it on the back of your hands or wherever you need to cover, and then it's never on your hands and rubbing on everything else. Yep. That's great. Did you guys get some yet? Or? Oh, oh, yeah. We use it all the time. We've been yeah. using it for years now. It's great. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, I, I skipped over something. I wanted to ask you guys um, before I went to that question. I'm going to come back to that one, but I want to talk about studs in boots. Yes. Versus, um, you know, felt versus rubber. And what you guys uh, have found over the years, uh, using both, I'm sure, um, you know, there's, of course, good situations in using felt and good situations using rubber. And then there's great situations with using rubber and studs. Um, but for the Kern, it sounded like you like to use studs with your I Vibram. I do. Right? I yeah. love the Vibram soles with the studs in there. And I don't like the star studs as much. They tend to come loose a little more. I just like the ones that are the bolt. That Sims comes with, with sure. the little nubs on top. Those are great. The titanium ones. Yeah, yeah. and I put 10 in each shoe. Yeah. And I use a little bit of uh, Loctite. Oh, yeah. To That's keep them idea. in there. Awesome. And so that way they'll stay in. Because every once in a while they'll come out and you'll lose them. Yeah. Um, but they've been great for me. Um, I don't have a lot of experience with the old felt. But the old felt, the one pair I did have, they seemed to 
gather a lot of water and get really heavy over the day. And I don't have that problem with the rubber. You know, it's just the weight of what it is. It's nice. So, yeah, I was yeah. going to mention, I love the old felt. You know, they've changed that over the years because of all the invasive species, the uh, New Zealand mudsdales, the quagga mussels. And so the, the old felt was more porous, but it gripped to everything. I love that stuff. Even on the Kern River here, yeah. I loved it. The newer felt does not work. For me, it doesn't stick near as good. It's denser. They made it. So it wouldn't absorb those aquatic and insects. And which makes the sole of your boot a little stiffer, too. It's, it's not as smooth to walk in. It's not as comfortable yeah. to walk in with the newer felts. Um, so I prefer the Vibram as well. The Vibram's got a nice little bend to it. It sticks pretty well. And then I like the, what is it, the, the cleats? Yeah, the little star cleats yeah, that I, I kind of like go, those. Robbie they, does. They'll come out every once in a while, but I I just like the way they perform. They grip to everything. So the titan- the, the uh, titanium ones. Yeah, 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 and it's got the three little prongs on it. Yeah, yeah. Those, yeah. I like so those, those, too. those things rock. Yeah. So did, did you guys ever have a pair of the Sims Intruder boots? No, uh, I know did you, you see did. It? Yeah, I still have them. I have another pair. See, I bought two that's, of them. It's the best boot I've ever had for wet waiting. Yeah. You know, in the summertime because it has the booty built into it. But then, of course, Sims doesn't make it anymore. No. Nope. But it had felt and the Vibram together. Ooh. And it so was, it had little patches of felt with the rubber. Huh? Had, yeah, it had um, the felt going down the middle and then the rubber was little on strips. the outside. Nice. Nice. And it's the most grippy boot you could ever imagine. <laughs> of course, they stopped making it. Of course. <laughs> so, talking about, uh, oh, I wanted to go back to uh, sun protection and what shirts you guys wear. I, you know, I know you guys wear the guide shirts too, but you also wear hoodies with. We you know, do. Ahead. We love the Sims uh, Solar Flex hoodies. Yeah. Um, it's great. You can pop up that hood, it just protects the back of your neck all day long. And also, they have the little thumb holder where it pulls down. It's like a little glove over your over your hand and that's really nice too they're lightweight comfortable for the summertime um they're one of my favorite shirts i often wear them even in the winter i'll wear my thermal under put that on for the hood to pop up mm-hmm. and yeah they're one of my favorite shirts and there's a little thicker one what was that one you just got me for christmas the solar effect solar flex plus hoodie yeah and it's a little thicker it's oh, nice right yeah you know, I find too, you know, it keeps you cool in the, in the summertime, but even if you put that hood on in the wintertime, it keeps your ears it does. warm. Even, you know, it does. Like it covers the back of your uh-huh. neck. Yeah, yeah. For sure. And yes. then the thing I like about that hood is it's, it's large. A lot of hoods yeah. you pull up and it's tight on the head. That thing's kind of loose on the head. So in the, on a summer day, it doesn't get too hot. You can pull that over and it keeps cool, keeps you shaded from the sun. Yeah, it fits over your hat well. Yeah. Um, but I it doesn't that. put pressure on your head too. So I love that thing. Yeah, for sure. What about uh, you? Got are you guys vest guys? I know what you wear, but I'm. Not <laughs> you guys vest guys, uh, um, pack guys, never or been a vest guy. Sling pack guys. Nope, I had a vest when we first started yeah. years ago, and I didn't like it because it was hot as could be in the summer. Yeah, yeah. And it was just another layer to wear. Yeah. And then I went to a backpack, and the downfall of the backpack, you got to take it off every time you want to get into it. Mm-hmm. So Robbie was the first one of us to get the waist, the hip packs. Uh huh. Start doing that, but I'm a little shorter, and then the hip pack would like sag and it always get wet. Yeah. And then you got and turned me on to the Sims pack, yeah. the G4 pack, where it's got the backpack with the hip pack in it. Which, of course, they don't around. make anymore. It is the yeah. best don't pack I've <laughs> ever had in my whole life for my personal use for guiding. It's insane. It's amazing. And it's discontinued. 
Yeah. And we're never going to see it. So I'm baby in mine right now. Oh, I, I, I love mine too. Yeah. I'm hard on my zippers. I'm like, this is real slow. So it doesn't oh, really? break. <laughs> so I, I use the same setup when I'm fishing by myself as I do when I'm guiding. I love having a backpack that has a first aid kit in it, extra water, a little extra food. It's got my sunblock in there. Um, uh, camera, ten boxes of flies, extra sometimes an extra box or two of flies. Ten. Uh, <laughs> uh, this time of year, I've got some gloves in there for the clients, uh-huh. and then in my waist pack, I've got all the fishing gear: the uh, the floatants, the fly boxes, the tippets, uh, nippers, you know, all that kind of stuff. Uh, leaders, all loaded up in my waist pack, so that's easily accessible slide that around, get to it, and then the extra gear in the backpack because I, I hate being on the water and not having extra stuff. And I'm the guy that always hikes away that extra half mile or a mile away from the car. And then I've got everything with me when I've got that, that little dual uh, set up there. And which ones are you using right now? Oh, my gosh. So great point. Uh, I love the Sims uh, waterproof gear. The, like Ryan said, sometimes is uh, waist pack sags a little low. The waterproof waist pack, if it sags low or if you're crossing up to your waist, it's zipped up. You don't get water in there. I've taken a couple dunks and proven that. Uh, absolutely watertight. And then the, I was using the Sims waterproof backpack. That was the 35 liter uh, zip top. Um, but now I've changed to the one that's the roll top. It's easy to get into. Um, the zipper, I don't have to deal with the zipper. You just clip it on the top, unroll it, um, dive in from the top. It's got a couple of pockets on the inside to separate your gear. It's like the old school, just water bags. Yeah. Yeah. It's like a big water bag. Exactly. But it's super comfortable too. And it's spacey inside. And then when I'm ready to, uh, pack up instead of having to zip up, the zipper's a little tight on the waterproof zipper bag on that one. It's just roll that top up, clip it up and away you go. Nice. Yeah. They're good products, those ones. Yeah, so good call. The waterproof ones, are. I love those. Both of those are are, are money. Those are just questions I wanted to ask you guys that people probably would like to know. And the the sling packs, I've never used, but the one thing, uh, friends of mine have used it. They would load it with a couple of waters for the day in their equipment, and they started having shoulder problems because all the weight was on one side only instead of a backpack distributing. I know it's nice to pull around the front, and I know now a lot of people like that chest pack. Yeah. Right in front. It makes you just only bring a couple things. The one thing Robbie's client the other week pointed out, he had a hard time seeing when he walks with it because <laughs> yeah. it was right in his view for some people that might bother him. For sure. So all the systems have advantages and disadvantages. Um, you just got to try them and see which one fits you. Yeah. What do you use personally? I know you use the back. What did you use before that, before the G4 pack? I was, uh, I used to wear a vest. Um, okay. different, different bass. I also would oh, wear, that's right. You did always have that. Yeah. Bass. And I'd always wear a, I'd always, uh, I also have a lanyard, you know, when I'd go, you know, small Creek yeah. and stuff like that. So, um, I like, I like using those. Yeah. You know, I've never lanyards. used a lanyard before. Yeah, it's kind of nice. Yeah. I use that when I'm rowing too. people down the river. Okay. I wear a lanyard and then I'll have, you know, my bags full of gear yeah. and stuff, you know, yeah. on the sides, but, uh, makes it really nice. Back to my setup a little yeah. bit. I forgot yeah. a couple of things. Cool. Uh, like in the, the vest reminded me of that. One thing when I'd like with the waders, the HD zip waders have two oh, big zip nice. pockets right in front. Yep. So it's like having a vest and we, that's stuff. And the, the one fly box I use all the time, 
a couple bobbers, extra tippet is always going right in those chest pockets, easily accessible. Summertime, I love the guide shirts. So I'll use the Solar Flex hoodie, put the guide shirt over that. They have the two big pockets in front. I yep. use the same thing. It's the big um, uh, Velcro pocket and then with a zip pocket behind it, stuff the fly box in there. So it's almost like a vest too, using that. Plus I have my backpack and the, the waist pack. Yep. If you guys could go fishing, what would be your your ultimate fantasy place to go to? Like your ultimate place that you like would just love to go to? And, wow. And, For know, me, yeah. the like whole a, thing is like the air travel. If I could not get air sick, it'd be amazing. Okay, let's say you don't get air yeah. sick. Yeah. <laughs> oh, <God. laughs> I almost, I, I just, when I got on the plane uh, yesterday, dude. Yeah, just I, a little the, bit, huh? Yeah, yeah. The, the plane like was flying and it dropped. Those are the ones that gave like, you a little bit. Ooh. God, <laughs> you know, it's the, it's the saltwater stuff that would just draw me in. Yeah. Um. Little bone fishing, maybe. Yeah, yeah, the one just like going down the Rancho Leonero down oh. in Baja would be killer. Uh-huh. But then like Christmas fish from the beach. Yeah, and then and oh, cool. Dorado and all that would. Yeah, yeah, and then you know obviously the legendary Christmas Island type stuff would be just amazing. And for me, I've always wanted to go to New Zealand or Alaska. Yeah, you know, for trout. So those are two kind of bucket list places. Yeah, Let's make that happen. Yeah, yeah, something like that <laughs> would be amazing too. That's yeah, interesting. Exactly. And then what I always tell people though is the back country of the currents, just like New Zealand. I'm like, well, yeah. there's no need yeah, to go anywhere. Yeah, <laughs> it's freaking amazing. <laughs> I've heard that a lot. Actually, I had a yeah. guy go on one of my pack trips. He told me that he just got back yeah. from New Zealand. He's all, this looks just like New Zealand. A lot is. of our pictures we've yeah. had from back there when we do our presentation, Boy. we're like, yeah. God, this, you know, right. these and are like New Zealand. Back there, you're like, it's like New Zealand. It's amazing. It is. It's interesting that you kind of sometimes get seasick and then you, you don't and yeah you get, and you probably don't get air sick no i get air sick oh, as do? well oh, yeah yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> no bueno <laughs> <laughs> oh, but now all the medicines they have are better like you know robbie gears up for going out on the ocean and he does pretty well with his medicines he yeah. takes well, t- tell people about that what do you what is it that you take historically i used to take dramamine and i was okay as long as i managed like my basically myself i was hydrated had food in me had the dramamine i was okay unless keep it got, your eye on the horizon unless it, unless it got extreme and then you know then i would then it would turn uh, worse obviously lately i've been doing uh what's called the patch which is scopalamine i think it's called yes um, and that's helped me the last few times and I haven't had any problems since I've been using that. And you, you know, get that prescribed from your doctor. Yeah. And you take that a day before or I, they say you can put it on the day of the trip and you kind of attach it, um, to your, it's a little patch that you put on your skin and it soaks through your skin into your system. And so I, I've been applying it the night before and keeping it on throughout the day. Um, but they say you can put it on the morning. You know, there's multiple ways. Does to it use really it. help you a lot? It has helped me. I've I haven't had any problems. I've had one where I felt a little bit queasy. Um, yeah, but, and but, he knew. He's like, oh, I can't feel it. And Vaughn's okay. Let's go. You know, he pulled out. It, his, but his it was calmer water. It was when we had. It was. Oh my god. The so <laughs> there was a little bit of swell going, and there was boiling. First there was boiling fish. Then it was yellowtail. Oh. They were around the. And it was like the only time and of the year that yellowtail right casting distance. And so I was locked in instead of instead of being balanced, keeping myself looking at the horizon. I was casting at the yellow tail, casting, casting, retrieving, casting, retrieving. Get your frenzy going. Totally in a frenzy, and then I'm like, oh no, I think I'm a little queasy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
well, good. Let's let's end with. Uh, oh, I got a question for oh, you yeah, first go ahead, before sure. we go. Yeah. Okay. We know earlier you talked about it. We know how you love fishing for those picky fish. Yeah, yeah. Um, super small flies changing all the time, trying to get them to, you know, pick or get to eat finally. Um, say you're out at the Kings in that area. What's your basic setup for your leader size wise and oh. lengthwise and all that? Well, I usually start out, the fish are big over there. So I'll start out with a heavier leader. Yeah. Just you hoping, know. you know, hoping they'll take, yeah, you know, three X, um, you know, down to three X tippet. Excellent. I'll start with that. And then if, um, I'm not getting any looks or grabs, I start tapering it down. That's after a while. Yeah. You know, and then I'll start tapering it down and then I keep keep it going down until it's like almost like you know six x which sucks yeah. oh yeah because the fish are so big yeah you know you're gonna and so notice what he's saying that he doesn't go small until the fish make him go down smaller and at the yeah. same time are you increasing the length in your leader or Absolutely. do you have do you have like a yeah. kind yeah. of i usually how do you, how I'm do you usually work going that? a pretty long leader you know um when i'm there it's usually 12 feet okay. to start yeah yeah okay. and then i'll go a little bit longer okay you know just to get a nice drift on those guys because they're so sure. selective. Yeah. And is it often um, they're eating emergers more than the adults? The or? water's flat. So to give you guys an idea, yes. it's just super flat, slow moving. There's not like ripples or yeah, it's like a, a good water. current moving, super yeah. froggy water, super yeah. slow moving. And one of the things I asked you guys earlier was if you do, you do a downstream or upstream presentation. And I find that you can do both there. Yeah, but, but it's better if you do a downstream. Where they're just seeing that fly only, huh? Yeah. First, yeah. yeah, 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 downstream presentation only, and that seems to work a little bit better. And that's if funny. You're lucky on the lower Owens, we'll do that, but it's only when the bushes are overhanging and yeah, you're like, <laughs> you have no you choice when you're forced to, yeah, you're forced yeah. to you, but exactly, you yeah. know, not where that's. But that's a good way to do it, where they yeah. that's all they see. Yep. Yeah, I, I enjoy that super technical stuff. Um, where it's just super hard to catch. I'll sit there and fish that fish yeah. for hours. And so I was thinking I about like that, that you know, and that's, have you ever tried like the last foot putting on like 6S floral carbon? Like I have. You might not see it, you know? You know, it's funny is I've tried everything. Yeah. <laughs> and like yeah, a I, loop knot too. Totally. You know, yeah. See, Absolutely. Yeah. Awesome. I, I go through all the motions yeah. of that and loop knots. I, I, I pretty much do that all the yeah. time, you know? Yeah. But, um, yeah, I've tried all kinds of cool stuff. And, you know, some stuff, it, you can fool them, and sometimes yeah, you can't. You exactly. Know? It's the fun so, part. Yeah. Okay, so, Robbie, what would you do if you're in that same situation, those same waters? What are you throwing out? Everybody knows I'm pulling out a game changer. Yeah, and swinging that's what right I'm talking about. about. <laughs> <laughs> so, last year, I did that. <laughs> I, know. I think I did. I think I told you guys. Yeah, um, yeah I, I gave up on that and switched over to a white. Yeah, white woolly bugger. White woolly bugger, yeah. And that stuck them. Okay, so you know. one of the things... Uh, you find is we each have our own little kind of different styles we like best and guy loves that real technical stuff and so he'll search out water that has that for him and after a while of fishing you guys will find that too what you like best and then you'll go find water that suits that style um so try everything and then you'll slowly figure out what you like the best and you'll start going those waters robbie has always loved throwing streamers so he's always that's what's drawn him to the current a lot um, but he's always finding waters to do that in. Oh, the grab on the swing? Is that, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it, 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 almost everybody goes through phases, too, where it's like, ah, you want to catch too. a million fish right away. Then you want to catch the big fish. And then, you know, yeah. as you advance through, you just want to kind of enjoy the experience and have your friends catch fish. And so 
you go through little phases as you go through your journey. Yeah, for sure. Yep. Uh, I was fishing with Freddie uh, one time up there on, on the Kings, uh, I don't know, three weeks ago or something like that. And it was a lot of BS and, you know, waiting for fish. Yeah. And it's just, that's, I love that. That's you know, part of just, it all, just hanging out. Yeah. It was awesome. Yeah, enjoying that time. Yeah. So what what have you guys been listening to? You guys heard what I was listening to. What you oh, guys yeah, been that was really nice yeah, yeah. over there. <laughs> <laughs> what have you guys been listening to music-wise? I'm always listening to Robbie's Pandora that he's got playing, and always when he picks out one of the Dead shows and all that, and Jerry Garcia bands he's playing. And you've been listening um, to that? Yeah, I listen to that. Um, right now we got the NFL playoffs going on, so I listened to a game yesterday for a little bit. Um, I listened to a lot of the games. Um, lately, the one show I've been listening to, Grateful Dead, um, March 31st, 1991, with uh, when Bruce Hornsby was in the band for a while. And it's just one of the best Samson and Delia and Eyes of the Worlds I've ever heard. Or it was one of my favorites, let's put it that way. How long and did he play with them? About a year and a half. Just toured around with yeah, them? Yeah, it was right after Brent Midland died, and they got Vince Wellnick to play keyboards and electric keyboards and sing, and then they got Brucey to come in on the grand piano. It's- and he played some accordion too. He's a well, fabulous accordion player. Awesome. Yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. yeah. I was going to say when he wasn't with his band during that period, he was he would sit in with the yeah. dude. And he met Garcia. Garcia played on one of his solo albums on Brucey's. They met and kind of connected. And um, he loved playing with him. He has that same love for old timey music, old time country and bluegrass and yeah. a lot of the blues and rock and jazz that, you know, the dead love too. So he fit in really well. Great. Just fabulous piano player and improviser. Yeah, 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 and great band leader and writer in his own right, for sure. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. What about you? No, go ahead, Robbie. Um, um, there's, you know, nothing super new that I've been listening to a bunch, but there's this one cat I've been seeing almost everywhere in here. Oh, and Robbie's trying to get me into him. Sitting in with a bunch of people. His name's Mono Neon, and he just shreds on the bass. So he sits in with a band called Scary Goldings, which is Larry Goldings and. Um, John Schofield and a couple other younger guys, um, kind of a funk jazz band. Sweet. Yeah, and some mix of older jazz cats with some new cats that are amazing. Right on. Yeah. And so, and then so I started checking. I'm like, Ooh, who's this mono neon cat? Because he's just he just rips. He he shreds um, all kinds of different styles. That that jazz funk style. Um, Is he soloing with his bass too? Oh, kind yeah. Of he, he's yeah. he's yeah he, cool. he's next level. And so I'm like, oh, I'll check him out. And I looked at his band, and so not so much my style of music or presentation, but super talented. And then just today I saw, I'm flipping through, scrolling through Instagram, which I'm trying to do less and less, um, <laughs> less and less scrolling, but I'm scrolling through Instagram and it shows this band playing at the Blue Note in uh, back east in New York. And it mentions um, uh, the instrumentalist sitting in, who's a hot new guy, I can't even remember his name, Marcus Pack or something. Was and he, he was shredding on a trumpet couple old dudes sitting on the side and in the back was mono neon ripping on the bass sweet so yeah the guy's getting around he's really good if you guys want to check him out uh, i told ryan i go hey he's like a modern bootsy collins he's like yeah slow down a little bit over there but no he really <laughs> is he's he's <laughs> impressive man the guy's really <laughs> impressive and that's uh, it was it was funny the picture on he showed me on instagram was uh mono neon's got a hoodie and, and it's um light with these neon colors and there was a drummer and the trumpet player were all young and 
young hip clothes and then there's like three old guys in their suits in their suits like the old jazz <laughs> guys always did they had their yeah. three-piece suits on sitting yeah. there playing with them it was and it cool was, seeing yeah, the it was beautiful and then the music was like that it was a oh, fresh mix, mix of a yep. lot of energy of the young guys but then the tradition mixed in with the older guys too yeah. it was it was nice it. it was cool right on yep awesome um, when you guys walked in, I was listening to Marcus Miller. Yes, we've heard him for a few yeah, years, and yeah, that was like really nice. Twenty yeah. years now, maybe yeah. if not more. But he yeah, was always like, he was always uh, backing up all the jazz guys around L.A. Yeah, yeah, yeah. His solo's great. Yeah, good, good. That player. was uh, like I walked in, listening. Like, God dang, it's got a little Janis Joplin feel <laughs> to it. You know, it was really, it was good. And what else have I been listening to? Oh, Trombone Shorty, of course. Yeah. So I've been listening to that. I, I love I love that guy. That's a, I like that music. Cool. It's pretty cool. So I've been doing that. Been doing a lot of writing myself. That's what I was just yeah. going to ask with yeah. that. What's been up? Been doing that. I wrote uh, on the plane back from Portland. I, I finished some lyrics for a song we've been working on. So that's been fun. Cool. cool. Yeah. Um, but other than that, that's, uh, that's about it as far as the music goes. Yeah. You know, I wish I could listen to more, but I, I don't really listen to uh except for when i'm in the shop and i'm cruising in my truck you know yeah um but uh anything else you guys want to add let's see you got anything robbie you got uh all good all right yeah. well i want to let everybody know about the online fly fishing course that we have now it's um at uh learn how to fly and there's 46 episodes on there where you guys can learn how to fly fish um casting entomology knots gear and equipment um all that kind of stuff uh, right on learnhowtoflyfish.com. And so if you guys haven't checked it out, check it out. If you want somebody to learn how to fly fish and go fishing with you, they can learn from their home, um, their phone, wherever, and just uh, get on there and check it out. And by sure. doing that, you guys can take advantage of what Rob and I do. We get to hang out with Guy and get taught, you know, and ask him questions. And Brother. all those lessons <laughs> are taught by him. And um, you get one-on-one -on -one classes with them, so You'll go check it them, out. Have them all at your fingertips. Exactly. Yeah, man. Well, thanks, you guys. Thanks for your knowledge and, and fun. And uh, this is the Kern River Fly Shop Podcast. And we will catch you guys next time. See you next Thank time, you. guys.